What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 19 of Sunday Matinee. As always, my name is Jordan. I'm here actually physically live in the flesh with my co-host, Mason David Ross. How's it going, buddy? Going good. How are you doing, Jordan? Good, man. You're back in the 615. Came to get away from the wife for a weekend. You didn't even make it eight months without making a weekend away, bro. What's the deal? It's good to be back in Middle Tennessee. Uh, just here for a Super Bowl party. Yeah. And, and with her being a teacher, she was not terribly interested and uh, getting back late on Sunday night. I get that. So, yeah. Here we are. So, yeah, you're here in the flesh. So we, we actually missed a week, whoops, uh, of an episode, but it's okay um, because, like, only our moms listen to this podcast anyway, so it's all good. Um, Hi, Mom. Are you drinking what I think you're drinking? That's crazy. You didn't ask permission. Well, also here, well, I'll go ahead. <laughs> no, he got, into my, he got into my Diet Coke stash. Um, we have... Evan Kuntz is also with us, and we'll get into why Evan is here. Oh! Hey! 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 Uh, hey, how's it going? Uh, Evan Kuntz <laughs> is here, uh, and the reason is, is because, and we told Evan this, I think, like, not too long after we started the podcast in general, like, when we talk about this topic, Evan was like, make sure and have me on if that's something you're interested in, because I'm going to have to make sure that the people, the people that listen, get a fair shake, uh, because... It's a very contentious topic, I think, even amongst just our general conversations. And the, the conversation we're going to have today is not ranking, but putting every episodic and the standalone Star Wars films, as well as The Mandalorian, on a tier list. You'll have to forgive my dog in the background. We're, we're recording this live, and so we have a dog and a baby in the background, so if you hear either of them... Uh, just pretend it didn't happen. It's all good. Um, we are going to rank, not rank, I, I don't want to say rank because we're not going like 1 to 12 or anything, but we're going to put them in a tier list. Typically, I, I, I know that on, I've seen a lot of tier lists online and it starts with like the top is like the S tier and I don't yeah. understand what the S, I don't even know what S stands for. I, I don't either. I've never known. This isn't great That's radio. What it's like, it's because it's like, it goes like S, A, B, C, D, B, C, D, yeah. but like, I, I don't know if S is like superior. I don't know if... Special. Special. Let's um, say special tier. Special tier? Or the, or the star tier for Maybe. this one. Oh, yeah, that's kind of lame. And on Sith the tier? <laughs> Sith tier would be the opposite. Right? It's going to be the bottom. I think we just keep wow. it easy. We just do alphabetically. So what we're going to do is we, we've got four tiers. A, B, C, D. Just keep it simple. Um, and we're going to slide. We're going to, between the nine episodic films, so episodes one through nine, uh, we've also thrown in... Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and the first two seasons of The Mandalorian um, to make it around 12. Um, So we have four tiers, and we're going to assemble this tier list collectively. We didn't come with – I mean, I guess we have tier lists of our own in mind. um, But the goal is to get a collective tier list, and I think that – the reason we want to do it that way is because it fosters discussion as opposed to just saying, hey, here's my list and here's Evan's list because they will probably look drastically different. Um, Very. Basically, what I want to happen is I want Mason and Evan to argue about The Last Jedi and Phantom Menace. <laughs> really, that's what I want out of this whole process. Evan and I, the most contentious part of our relationship was when <laughs> Last Jedi came out. I remember you went to go see it with John before me and you guys came back and you're like, that movie was awful. <laughs> We can't believe what we just saw. And but you need to go. You need to do a disclaimer because I always say this. Like typically, a good barometer of how you should feel about something 
uh, is like whatever Evan feels about a certain oh thing, just throw that out. <laughs> Especially when it comes to cinema. This is the guy who also whatever. he drafted. Uh, what was the Ghostbusters? The, the store in the Goose haunted mask. Goosebumps the haunted mask. Goosebumps haunted mask. Listen, I, I'm not it's so much fun. But I'm yeah. I'm I was never mad about Evan's picks for the Halloween draft for no, for certain. You're mad about my Elsa. No, I was mad about I was mad about Mason rating Rotten Tomatoes top 100 movies of all time for a horror podcast. That is Ed what, Schindler's List we're in there. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to do this again. This is like the third time we've had this specific conversation on this podcast. It's the biggest fight I've ever had in my life with Mason Ross. Was over the About last, the last time. We didn't talk for a day. At least. I would be at work <laughs> trying to be productive and I would have articles launching themselves. You had so my many head. tabs open on your Safari <laughs> on your phone like ready for when you get back home. And then I would have tweets in my inbox just oh. stacking up from Ryan Johnson. It was contentious... But it was good. So that's, I, I think I'm better for it. That's a point of contention, obviously. There's also the point of contention that Phantom Menace, I think, for the longest time, has been considered objectively one of the worst Star Wars films. Um, but Evan, and we'll get into it eventually. I don't want to like ruin the conversation. But Evan is a huge apologist for that film. And I will admit, I've come more Evan's direction than previously. However, I, I don't agree with him. I wanna, I'm sitting here looking at him in the eyes. I want to make sure that I make that very clear at the outset. Um but there's there's so much – it's so funny as like a joke. Like a year ago, I posted – I don't know if you remember this. I posted an objective – I said these are objectively – this is the objective ranking of Star Wars films. I'm not arguing with you about it. And I like – and I just did it to make people mad. Sure. Because people that I literally – because you know how you are on Facebook. Like you have – I have like 1,079 Facebook yeah. friends. I can't name 80 people in my life that I care about. <laughs> So the fact, but the funny thing is, is I had like 120 comments on my post and it like snowballed into this thing, like where people were arguing with each other. So like Star Wars and specifically how they're ranked or how they're viewed is such a contentious topic. And the funny thing is, is like, I think Mason, Mason obviously loves Star Wars, but like Evan, Evan's on a, Evan and I are on a different level, I think than Mason, but Evan, Evan even maybe more so than me. Wow. I think I know a lot of the I, I know a lot of the because you know big. you don't have an obsessive personality. This is true. I have an obsessive. Sure. So when I like something, like I dive into it. So I might know more about like the ins and outs of like the lore and like little characters here and there. Maybe, maybe. But I I think that you uh, Star Wars is like so so important to you specifically, um, and I I love Star Wars too. But um, but like. It's just so contentious. A lot of people say, like, nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Mm. And, like, over the last few years, especially with the, the sequel trilogy coming out, um, there's been so much conversation. Mm. Uh, it just seems like the Star Wars movies that are hated the most are the ones that came out most recently. And it's just like, because um, now you get the conversation. It's like, everybody's like, hey, the prequels aren't that bad. They actually, they actually might be good. Um, but there's just so much conversation and everybody has opinion about Star Wars because it is so universal. Um, even people that haven't even seen all the movies, like my wife, Ashley, who's seen all the movies now, but like wouldn't call herself like an avid Star Wars fan. She just thinks like Porgs are cute and Chewbacca's awesome. <laughs> um, objectively. Which objectively <laughs> facts, right? Um, but like even somebody who's not like a diehard Star Wars fan has an opinion about Star Wars. So we're going to try our be- our level best to create a four-tier list of 12 different pieces of Star Wars media. 11, right? 12. The nine movies, Solo, Rogue One, Mandalorian. That's Got it. 12. Yep. Okay. Um, 
So we should come out maybe in a perfect world, in a perfect galaxy far, far away. We would have three <laughs> pieces of media for each tier. Doubt it'll happen that way. Um, but like I think our favorite, without saying them, our favorite Star Wars movies are different. Like the three of us each have a different Star Wars movie that's our favorite. Yeah. So it's good. It, go ahead. I think we all agree there is one that is objectively most loved and better than all the other ones. Yeah. I think we all agree on which one that is. But we all have a different favorite. Um, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I disagree with that statement. Um, no, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, it's not my favorite. Agreed. But, like, objectively, Across it's a great world. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just how objectively Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to work through first. We're going to take the hard part and go through. Well, actually, let's flip it on its head. Let's go with, like, the, the um, Rogue One solo and Mandalorian and just get those on the board yeah. and then work through the episodes, I think. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get another water and then we're going to come back and work through first the standalone films and the Mandalorian, put them on the tier list, get them up there and make sure it holds up. And then we'll throw the episodes at it, see what sticks. All right, we'll be right back. We were just having a discussion about connection to Star Wars movies because Mason brought up the point that he's you're not a lore guy like you're not no yeah you, you and I I haven't like read any of the you've read like some of the novels right no no you haven't I thought you no. had you're still no, into it a lot yeah yeah, yeah. I mean like I, I I will go and like look something up on the internet if I see something Mandalorian I'm like what's that about I've never yeah. heard that before but no I've never gotten into the books so like you but Mason you have this kind of which I think is probably the healthiest of outlook to have is this kind of emotional detachment from the greater overarching story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, I don't want to say that it doesn't necessarily matter if a star, you're not looking at a Star Wars movie to make sure that it fits into a specific narrative. Not at all. Uh, you just want the movie to be good. Yeah. Um, and there are Star Wars movies that fit that criteria that are good, but I think that a Star Wars fan would be like, meh. Um, I don't really love that. And then there are movies that like are really good Star Wars films, but aren't like objectively like pieces of cinematic art. Either. Right. Um, yeah, totally. Most of them, probably. So like, let's talk about it because subjectively, my favorite Star Wars film is one of the ones that we want to discuss first, which is Rogue One. Okay. So Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars film. Um, do I think it's objectively the best Star Wars film? No. But I, there's just something I love about that movie, and it's that it fits into the timeline. And, you know, because at the beginning of A New Hope, you just get this story that, like, yes, yeah, some rebels stole the planets of the Death Star. It's like, okay, well, I just got to take your word for that, Leia. Like, how, how did they get that? Um, and just everything about the, that story, it's it, – there's just – no matter how much – because people all the time talk about – Star Wars fans especially talk about all the time how they want something new and they want something fresh and – but it's like if you throw Darth Vader and Leia Scott and Leia uh, Organa and uh, CGI Grand Moff Tarkin in a movie, and they all just like wet their wet themselves over it, and like that's what happened with Rogue One. Like you have a CGI Grand Moff Tarkin because the actor died like twenty years ago. You have, uh, and that's another thing about Rogue One too is like Darth Vader is considered one of the most 
Darth Vader is, I think, objectively one of the top five biggest villains in all of just anything. Movies, yeah. Just movies, books. For sure. Anything. But Darth Vader is never seen doing anything relatively imposing ever. Yeah. Um, because when he is originally on screen, it's a lumbering six foot eight guy who's in a bunch of heavy plastic fiberglass armor and can't move. And so he's just kind of, it looks like he's swinging at a pinata. <laughs> and then you get him in the cartoons, which is good, but that's animated. Yeah. Right? Um, and so Rogue yeah. One, you get that scene where he's coming onto the tent of four and he's just like the lightsaber turns on. The lightsaber turns on, dude. It's just it's oh the greatest piece of anything that we've gotten Darth Vader until, of course, the Kenobi series comes out in a couple of years, and we get Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader versus Obi Wan as as old Ben. Um, so like I just love Rogue One, but and so I would say that Rogue One is an is an A tier movie. However, I'm willing to concede that everybody might not feel the same way. Yeah, and so this is where the earlier discussion comes into play. I'm not a big lore guy. I don't really know the side characters that well. I've seen all the movies multiple times, including Rogue One. Um, my only thing with Rogue One, and this is this just illustrates, I look at them all individually. It it's more hokey in a lot of ways throughout, namely with some of the robot humor that's taking place. What's that robot's name? K two S O. K two S O. Played by Alan Tudyk. Drove me insane in that movie it felt like a marvel movie it felt really like goofy to an extent let's not let's not bash marvel yeah, you yeah, literally yeah. just texted me two days ago was like hey i have a new appreciation for the mcu <laughs> I, I do you literally just I did do. that two but days it's, ago it's more so like in marvel every time it just feels campy sometimes yeah every time captain america talks it's like oh what clean thing is he gonna say and who's gonna make fun of him for saying it that way Oh, let's slow down. <laughs> slow down. And Do then, not bring Cap. Don't bring Captain America into this. Um, and I, I, I felt some similar things with Rogue One, and I think that was because, you know, all these things are coming out at the same time, and they're all Disney, and yeah. so I just saw some bleed into that, and it bothered me a little bit. But I mean, as far as the droids. The droid humor has existed since 1978. When, it has, yeah. You know, and that's just a Star Wars thing. Um, yeah, C-3PO it, was uh, insufferable in the first, or the original three movies. C-3PO's been insufferable in about eight and a right. half movies. But that's the whole thing. Like, that's what you love about him. It's yeah. like, you know he's going to say something dumb, or he's going to be whiny. He's supposed to be or, He's supposed to be the smartest. Right. 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 Um, um, but anyways, I, as a result, I'm not as high on Rogue One. Yeah. I definitely would not have an A tier or S tier. A tier. A tier. Um, Top tier is A, just going off by. But like I know that Evan's A. big on it too, right? You're big but on you're not, one. you wouldn't have it in A tier. I would. Oh, you would? 100%. I Goodness. think Rogue One is one of the top three best Star Wars movies, for sure. What in the world? Objectively, as a movie, I think it's incredibly well done. The acting is great. <clears throat> the story is phenomenal. They fit, they did, and we're going to, this is stuff to get into later, but they were able to fit a non traditional story into a Star Wars movie that fit the Star Wars canon and still make a good movie. And here's another big question. The, the, another thing that we need to talk about as well, as far as lore and things, what was talked about for 40 years about the Death Star? Why is there this perfect hole in the Death Star yes. right. that one ion bomb can blow it up? Why on earth would they do that? So for 40 years, Lucasfilm has been bashed by its yeah. most beloved fans slash critics about why would you do that? And Rogue One answers that question in a way that's not goofy. 
It's not like a cheap retcon that they're yeah. like, oh, this is why that was there. This they're whole not time. like Dumbledore like, was gay this whole time. There's no, <laughs> there was a whole thing for it. Here's what I do. This is why I think Rogue One works better and fits into an A tier movie. It has a very similar plot to Last Jedi in the sense of the existential question happening this whole time is like, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Where does all this work out? The lines are very muddy. The lines are very muddy. But whereas Last Jedi kind of ends on this nihilistic, like, nothing is anything, everything's bad, like, sides don't matter kind of perspective, Rogue One ends with people regaining hope and remembering, like, this is what we're fighting for. And it ends with, like, a charge to, yes, it's muddy, but we're fighting for good. Let's keep fighting for it. That's good radio. And I love that. I, lo- I really, as a Last Jedi apologist, <laughs> it does it does end very nihilistic. And I, I can tell you being sarcastic. No, no, like, no. You're coming in this early? I, Are you serious? I, I'm being serious. Yeah. And it, it ends that way, but I kind of liked that. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm tired of, like... Here's a here's a random Skywalker coming in to save the day, and so I kind of like that about it. But I do agree, it resembles it in ways and comes to a different conclusion. And Rogue, just as back bit of background lore, Rogue One brings in a lot of people that uh, are in the. We're not going to talk about the animated shows, but they're great. If you have time, watch them. Uh, but Saw Gerrera is a big character in the animated show, and they bring him in. So Rogue One bridges a lot of gaps. Um, it also answers a lot of questions about the Force. You know, do is are Jedi's able to use only allowed to use the Force? Then you got the blind guy who's I am the Force. The Force is with me. Um, that was pretty cool. That was yeah, pretty cool it was great. Um, when his friend comes out with that machine gun yeah. and just starts chanting while he's mowing people down. Um, <laughs> Come on. The the way it looks is amazing. For the first time yeah. ever, we see what the Death Star can do from the point of view of the planet that it's firing upon. Mm. Um, Plus, the, Mads Mikkelsen is in it. Mads Mikkelsen yeah, is that's, great. That's my favorite part of it. Come on. Mads Mikkelsen is great. I can't remember the name of the actor that played uh, Director Krennic. Uh, but he's a great he's a great actor. He was in he's also in Ready. He was a bad guy in Ready Player One as well, um, and he was also the main scroll in Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, his name is escaping me, but as soon as Evan finds it, he's I think he's British or Australian one. But he was he was great. Um, I just think Rogue One does a lot of things as far as filling in plot holes, bringing characters in that are both <clears throat> new and. Um, are in Star Wars canon already. Uh, it sets up and really makes Darth Vader look more imposing than he has ever on the screen. Um, it just it just does a, a lot of things. Did you find his name? Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. So he's also in a great show called. Um, forget it. Uh, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> it's it's a Stephen King adaptation. It's great. It's on HBO Max. The Outsider. The Outsider. So with you guys both having an A tier, even though I would absolutely would you consider it a B tier? I honestly have it at C tier. You have it at C tier. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to let Evan speak. Would you be willing to concede it to a B tier, or do you think, are you firm on it that it's A tier? I'm pretty firm that it's an A tier Star Wars movie. I'm firm that it's an A tier movie in general. I can concede that as far as where it fits into the story, it's not as important. I'm not willing to fight on that one. So I can concede it's a B tier. I think I I will concede that it's B tier. We'll meet Mason in the middle on B tier. But I will say that it's my favorite Star Wars film. That's it. Done. That was uh, good. That was yeah, simple. There we go. That's a good one. I'm upset about it. I'm going to lose sleep over that. But let the podcast listeners hear Rogue One is a great movie and it deserves to be A tier, but I'm not the only one here with an opinion. Um, uh, let's go quickly to Solo. I don't have a lot to say about Solo. Um, I think it's uh, a relatively forgettable movie. I think yeah. uh, Alden totally. Ehrenreich 
is okay as Solo. Um, Less than okay. Uh, Amelia Nelson was fun. Amelia Clark was uh, attractive. Um, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what um, supposed to be. <laughs> uh, Paul Bettany in it is pretty good uh, as the. As the front, he's the bad guy, but then you find out it's actually Darth Maul, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and a tie-in from Star Wars Clone Wars, again the animated series. It's it's the Darth Maul version after he's been chopped in half, so he's got his like robot legs, um, which is again if you're a fan of the animated series, like it's really cool to say, hey, that's the guy with the robot legs, um, mm-hmm. and it ties in stuff. But I I think it's it's D tier. I think it's a, I I think it's a I think it's a C tier movie. Um, but like, I'm willing to concede that it's a D tier movie. I'll concede it's a D tier movie. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun. It's not a great movie. Uh, Donald Glover's great as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, that was my favorite part because, of course, I'm. It's it's fun to incredibly hear. Incredibly biased towards that guy. I did not think he was good as Lando. I'm gonna throw that out there. I well, thought he overdid everything. Here's the here's that the thing he that's here's the thing that's difficult. <laughs> but it's fine. I love Donald Glover. Here's the no. thing that's difficult is that the guy playing Han and the guy playing Lando have to stand up to Billy D. Williams and Harrison Ford, and that's like. Very tough. Darn near impossible. So, 100%. Are we good? Uh, D tier? Yeah, D tier movie. Uh, so, right now we have Rogue One at B tier. Upset about it. Solo is a D tier movie. Uh, the Not last, The it. last thing. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm cool with that. The last thing we have is The Mandalorian, which is not a movie. Um, it's two seasons of a Disney Plus show. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you guys speak first because I, I have very public. Public Mandalorian? Opinions. Love. Yeah, I have very public man. I almost said mandolin. Mandalorian opinions. <laughs> and mandolin. And mandolin opinions. I'm, I'm a fan I'm of mandolin. curious. Yeah. Yeah, Evan, you kick us off. How do you feel? I love every single thing the Mandalorian has done. John Favreau is amazing. He's awesome. He has resurrected this whole thing. Um, the Mandalorian story is great. And this is coming from a guy who, in the first episode, when you find out about Baby Yoda, I was like, I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. It's just kitschy. It's supposed to be cute. I don't want. I don't want to see this anymore. And then I stuck with it. Loved every second of it. Yep. It can be campy and annoying sometimes. My thing with Mandalorian and where I struggle to compare it with some of this other stuff is the scope is so small. Like this is an incredibly small sandbox that we're playing with. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, the acting's awesome. They've done some really cool inventive things to incorporate other characters. I love all that stuff. I would have an issue placing something like that on the same tier as some of these masterpieces that we're about to talk yeah. talk about. Just because it's it's smaller in scope, and that doesn't mean it's bad. It just the degree of difficulty is lower. I think the Mandalorian is the greatest piece of Star Wars media that's been created since Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> That's just the way. I, so, I think I would have to agree with that. So, do I need to guess what tier you have? Uh, Mandalorian, in Mandalorian's A tier. A tier. Okay, for I, me, I think I have it on B. Yeah, yeah, I have it on B tier. Mandalorian, I, and the thing about Mandalorian too is that it takes characters again. Uh, as far as in the episodic films, you have Mandalorians like Boba Fett. It's really the only one you see. He has like eighteen lines, but Boba Fett is one of the most revered characters. In no Star reason. Wars canon, for no reason <laughs> other than he looks cool. He's awesome. He does look so cool. And it brings things back in, in Mandal- the Mandalorians again. I hate to do this to go back to Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, plays such a huge part in Star Wars lore and all those kinds of things. And to see that fleshed out on screen in such a great way. To have, to say in your first season you had directors such as John, for 10 episodes, you had John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Famuyiwa, 
And Taika your, your finale was directed by Taika Waititi, yeah. who is right now a top five director. That's that's spicy. Right. Okay. But do you disagree with me? Uh, yeah. Right. He's hot. Right now. He's hot right now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like right now, I'm not saying like of all time. I'm just saying like yeah. right now, making movies actively. I mean, um, Tarantino, Fincher, Edgar Wright. I'm sure, sure, sure. There's a lot of names, but <laughs> top ten. Yeah, ten. Okay, okay, good. Ten. Um, but to say that you're – and then your second season, you bring back John Favreau. You bring back Bryce Dallas Howard. You bring in Robert Rodriguez, who, again, we talked Spy about kids. in our last episode, the director of the Spy Kids trilogy, also of uh, Sin City and other movies like that. You know, you have an episode – and the episode he did was the one about Boba Fett where mm-hmm. he comes back and gets his armor. Like if you were to tell me like one day, Star Wars fans, you're going to have an episode about Boba Fett where he comes back and comes out of the Starlock pit. He gets his armor back. And it's going to be directed by the guy that did Spy Kids in Sin City. I would have, I would have thrown up with excitement. Okay, um, and that's what the Mandalorian gives you. Um, Not to mention the cast. Yeah, the cast. Yeah, the Pedro cast. Pascal. Uh, Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr oh, is amazing. Um, <laughs> is Bill Burr? Is he? He was the former. Does he debut in that Taika Waititi episode? No, he that was, episode was awesome. He was in the episode. He wasn't even in that episode. Bill Burr. Bill Burr was in the heist episode where they robbed the like the floating That's, prison. That is one of my favorite. Episodes and then he's in the show. second season again for an episode. They scoop him out of yep. uh, a prison facility and take him to um, that that oil refinery place where they. Yeah, I can. Uh, and also, I'll just go ahead and say it. Bill Burr in two episodes of The Mandalorian has a, has a more yes. redeemable Stormtrooper arc than Finn had in three Amen. movies. Amen. Yes. Preach or preach. I'm just saying. I agree. For you. some reason, Jon Favreau in 90 minutes of Mandalorian content was able to do better than seven to eight hours uh, that they had to do with Finn uh, for three movies. Finn's awful. I'm just saying. So, and, it's not, and it's not Finn or John Boyega's fault. It's... The writers and anyway, you'll you'll find out how we feel about the sequel trilogy in a bit. I feel this has to be A tier if it's A A B, right? Yeah, man. I think I'm. I don't know that I'm willing to budge on Mandalorian. Yeah, not, I mean, I have a yeah, B. No, 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 it's no, not no. like I'm like carrying no, no, no. yeah, it. Yeah. So not to mention, outside of Empire Strikes Back, really is the last one. Not just objectively like a good movie. Mandalorian is the first one that has been universally everybody loves it. And people it has who been and, and people and and two like people who don't yes. watch Star Wars. Yeah. And granted, some of them yeah. are tuning in with their kids because Baby Yoda's on it. Yeah. But they're Who getting cares? in they're getting involved That's in the Star Wars. Universe. Universe. Right. Yeah. Um Mandalorian, I think, is I, I can make an argument about a couple things, but when I said earlier that it's part of probably the greatest Star Wars production since Empire Strikes Back, I, I I mean that. Um and the fact that it you get ten episodes for, for ten weeks in, in October and November and it only costs six dollars a month to see it. It's like, so it sounds like you would take Mandalorian over Rogue One, with that statement that it's the best thing since Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I said Rogue One's my favorite movie, but you like Mandalorian more than Rogue One. Uh, what I've seen now, like, yeah, I could see myself. Like, if I told my, like, I could see myself down the future. Like, if the Mandalorians. Or, I mean, even if I... Because I have Disney+, Plus, I could watch Rogue One or Mandalorian at my own behest whenever. Sure. But if I sit down, I'm going to, like... I might choose to watch the finale of season one of The Mandalorian before I'd watch Rogue One, maybe. Okay. But Rogue One's my favorite movie. All right. Cool. So that's where we have... So what we have now is we have... Rogue One is a B tier. Yep. 
we have the Mandalorian A tier and Solo is squarely holding down the bottom at, at D tier. I think I feel good about that so far. I did too. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. And I say maybe we just do a segment for each trilogy. Yeah. So we'll come back. We're just going to work in order of chronology, not within the Star Wars universe, but within our universe. So we're going to start in the 70s and 80s with the original trilogy. We'll move to the prequels, and then we'll finish with the sequels. And then give you, hopefully, a coherent, concrete tier list of Star Wars media. We'll be right back. Let's do it. We'll be right back. And we're back with our Star Wars tier list. So we're going to start with the original trilogy that came out. I think the first one came out like 77, I believe, maybe, 78, something like that, into the 70s, which is, it was just called Star Wars, but retroactively called Episode Four: A New Hope, to put it in a kind of canonical chrono- uh, chronology. So it's called Episode Four, but it is the very first Star Wars movie that was ever released in theaters. Um, so we'll call it A New Hope, just for the sake of uh, keeping our our p's and q's in order um i think this is an easy one to discuss i think i'm pretty sure um i think that i think it's an a-tier star I wars too. i think yeah. it's an a-tier star wars movie um it's and- is it as good as it's the thing it's like it's a great movie um it's not like i don't know that i'd call it like a cinematic masterpiece at points it can be a little bit clunky but like it's just it's what started it all, and it still holds up. And there's still kids that watch it today and are completely just swept up in Star Wars universe. And I just think it's 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 a it's a piece of American history at this point, more than it is World anything history, else. Yeah, the success of A New Hope made all of these other things happen that we talk about, and I think part of that success comes from there was something for everybody. In this movie, whether it's characters, because of course we get Leia, we get Luke, we get Han Solo and Chewie. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody could find a way to latch on to this movie and really enjoy it. It is the OG. Um, very good. I, I love A New Hope. It is A tier for me. I am fine with rating it A tier. I would not, personally. I don't, it's not my favorite. It's like a B tier movie. B high C yeah. maybe for what it accomplished for what it opened up I 100% agree like yeah absolutely but as a movie but you don't find yourself sitting like I want to sit down and watch A New Hope no no and I think part of that for me is I love the movies that have more to do with Jedis and this one has very little Jedi yeah. stuff going on um, it's very like political espionage almost yeah which is weird because of the one I love but um it's good. I agree that the characters, there's so much involved there. You get the wily rascal, and you get the underdog Scruffy-looking nerf herder. Scruffy-looking nerf herder. Uh, it is, as George Lucas has said many times, a space western. Like, that's what he made it to be, and it was. And it was awesome. We all love westerns, so. I certainly do. Put do it you love space. westerns? I love westerns. Yeah, I watched, uh, what did I watch? Cowboys and Aliens? No, God. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie in theaters. because Because, listen, like, if I told you, like, Daniel James Craig. Bond is going to fight aliens over the hot girl from uh, House, oh, the TV gosh. show House. I'm like, yeah, take my thirteen dollars. Uh, and then I went Harrison Ford? with Harrison Ford. I was like, and I was like, yeah, take all of my money. Have you seen Assassination of Jesse James? No, dude. I, I just saw it recently. I watched a real bravo not too long ago which uh which is that's uh, clint isn't it no no no. real bravo's uh dean martin and john wayne oh there you mm. go there you go uh it's like one of you know because like dean martin and frank sinatra was the kind of the same way too like the singers like just 
they transcended all of like pop culture and so they were in movies and so like Dean Martin's in this western for some reason even though he's literally a native Sicilian um, and spoke perfect English but like I'm supposed to believe that Dean Martin's from like Rio Grande what is it they call it in Once Upon a Time Uh, Spaghetti Western Spaghetti Westerns well that's what like that's what like Django Unchained is yeah and Spaghetti Westerns is like the Italian like it's like when DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Brad Pitt's like asking him what's wrong he's like He's like, you know, he offered me to make Italian westerns. <laughs> and Brad Pitt's like, well, what's wrong with that? He's like, I got to make fucking Italian westerns the problem. I'm a has-been. Yeah, I'm a has-been. That's it, old buddy. I'm a has-been. Like, uh, don't right, cry. Put, put, put these on. Don't cry in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched Real, I watched Real Bravo uh, like a month ago. And um, and uh, it, was, it was great. But like that's, uh, that is pretty much what – and Mandalorian is like that sometimes. Yes. Too, yes. And it leans into that, which is, is – which is great. Um, so A tier, A tier for New Hope, Hope, I think. Yeah. Um, again, easy discussion. Number five, episode five, Empire Strikes Back. I think is what most people would consider the objectively best Star Wars film. <clears throat> um, and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's not my favorite. I will choose. I will. There's probably three or four Star Wars movies that I would choose to watch before Empire Strikes Back. Dang. Yeah. I, lo- I love Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is the only Star Wars movie that's like ever in a conversation of a um, a best sequel or b like best movie. I'll say two Star ever. Wars movies. Let me let me read. There's two Star Wars movies I'd watch for Empire Strikes Back, and it's considered. It's, I mean, to possibly be the best sequel ever made. Oh, I don't think it's possible. I yeah. I mean, some people might say like Terminator Two or something like that. Oh, yeah, Terminator Two did say so bad though. Like, you know, it, like, yeah, had a lot of build off. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, a lot of people consider like a top 10 best movie ever. Not sci-fi, not Star Wars, not just period. Yeah. Plus, if you think about the most iconic moments from Star Wars. They're all in that movie. Most of them are in this movie. You have the Battle of Hoth is how you start off. That's amazing. And then the whole Dagobah stuff. He meets Yoda for the first time. Shows up in this. We have the I Am Your Father. Solo get frozen so in this one too. Solo gets frozen. Oh, too. Boba Fett. Is all in this Boba one. Fett, Lando Boss, Calrissian. IG-11, Lando Calrissian. There's yeah. A, there's a lot of good stuff in Empire. The little, uh, so the guys that, so the character from season one of Mandalorian, the Ugnaught, that's like, uh, um, I've spoken. I've spoken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those guys that like, that froze Han Solo and Carbonite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the same species. Yeah, no, they're, they're like Ugnaughts. Like mythology. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. That's what they look like. Um, Empire Strikes Back is a tier A movie. Yeah, for sure. A tier. Yeah. Why do Why do you think it hits so well with people? I what think, do you think about it. I think. Um, I think the the reason people remember it so fondly is because they they love Episode Four so much, and I think there's this anticipation leading into the sequel, and it lived up to expectations, mm-hmm. and the fact that it lives up to expectations firmly cements that in everybody's mind, um, and it's just remembered as because it's one thing to make a good movie from scratch. Right, it's one thing to have like a lot of bands' rookie albums are like very very good, and sometimes their sophomore albums are pretty bad. And the reason is because they didn't necessarily meet expectations. So if a if a band's second album or a sequel, a second movie in a trilogy or whatever series of movies can live up to the expectations of the that everybody had from the first, which is like you know how it is when you find a new thing, like when Sorcerer's Stone came out, and uh, everybody was so high on that. Like if Mm -hmm. Chamber of Secrets. Even though it's not Sorcerer's Stone, like it did a good job of 
it's still good. Um, and it just kind of snowballs. And so people remember Empire Strikes Back being so good because it was able to withstand the the expectations of four, which was like something nobody had ever done before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that part of that. Um, and then there's also just like the plot twist of him being Luke's father. Yeah. That's like what I would say. Maybe the biggest plot twist in cinema history at that time. Like definitely at that, at that time, time, but yeah. maybe even up to today, other than like yeah. you think of like usual suspects. Psycho. Like Psycho, usual mm-hmm. suspects with him being Kaiser. So say you think of other things, but like, yeah, um, one of the biggest plot twists in cinema history, which is like crazy, the, the whole that that plot twist sets up the rest of the movies. Um, and I, I think that it's lost on us sometimes how big of a plot twist that was because even when I was like a baby, that people said that you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and um, but when it actually happened, you know, I, nobody knew that. No, yeah, because it, you just think it's like this traditional like there's a good guy, there's a bad guy. And the universe is at stake over these two things. And then to find out that that line is muddied and that, like, he has to kill his father to save the universe is, you know... And then does the father know that Luke is his son and all this... And so he finds out that Luke is still alive. And mm-hmm. um, the stakes in the, that movie were just crazy. It's a simple plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but seems to resonate with people. Um, I have to apologize to the whoever future person I date and hopefully propose to marry one day. The first time we say I love you, I will respond with this. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna happen. So she's gonna initiate it? She's gonna say that first? She better. That's what you're expecting. <laughs> Evan has commitment issues if you didn't know. Um, so so we've got eight, let me cover our tier list so far. We've got uh, Mandalorian, New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back cemented at A tier. We've got Rogue One on B tier. Correct? Yeah. Yes. And then mm-hmm. Solo at D tier. Uh, we have one more movie in the original trilogy, which is Return of the Jedi. And I think this is one of those things where it's a good movie, but it didn't live up to the expectations that Empire Strikes Back set. For sure. Um, good movie, but not a great movie. I, I have Return of the Jedi at, uh, at C tier. That's what I have too. But I would, I would like if somebody had it a B tier one to argue about it. Like I would maybe concede. I, I would put it at a B tier. Um, it's it's pretty clearly the worst movie in the original, the original trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. yeah, of a really good original trilogy, but That's clearly the, the the redheaded stepchild. Sorry, Evan, of that original yes. trilogy. <laughs> Here, I will amend. I will amend what because you got to think about it. I'm sorry to cut across you. Like I think Return of the Jedi is better than like. Forty percent of the rest of the movies. Agreed. It comes after Empire, though. Yeah, which stinks. Yeah, that I think stinks. Return of the Jedi. I love that scene, like in the desert where the monster the thing is there. opening up, and Jabba and Boba. Leia's in chains, and like oh. you just love Carrie Fisher and the slave. The slave. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. Listen, that was like Carrie Fisher was like. A total smoke show at that point because it's like you just see her in this white. She's been in this white thing with the space buns the whole time. Smocks. And then the first time you see her, she's, she's like in a scantily clad bikini. You're like, oh god, Carrie Fisher. You're in the desert. That thing's hot. Like it's heating up. Yeah, but you I feel like that, you right? would be in less clothes, correct? Like you're in the middle of the <laughs> no, desert. I'm just saying that the whole like you talking about Jabba, whoever's playing Jabba. Up. No, I'm talking about Leia. Continue, Mason. No, that's that's really all I had. I, I do think there's iconic stuff here. I think there's fun stuff here, but as a movie, it's not 
not cream. The I need to I need to amend and say I probably think it's B tier because I think it is it is it is good. And you have his moment with Darth Vader at the end of the movie, and which is cool. We need to talk about the tweet that I sent you or the TikTok that I sent you about the scene on the Death Star. Which one? Do you remember? So at the end of Return of the Jedi, Luke is having a moment with Darth Vader. Yes. And there's there's uh, blaster rifles going off in the background. Oh yes. So there's this will this might blow your mind. So there's blaster rifles going on in the background. They're on the second Death Star. Okay. And it's and he's having this moment with his father because his father has thrown Emperor Palpatine off the Death Star essentially, and then they have the sweet moment because Darth Vader's dying and he regrets what he's done and all this kind of stuff. So you hear the thing that you need to realize is that. And if you go back in the movie, you'll realize that the only good guy, quote-unquote, that's on the Death Star at this point is Luke Skywalker. Okay. Okay? He's the only one that's on there. There's people in X-Wings and things, but nobody has boarded the Death Star. Um, and it's going to blow up because that's what Death Stars do. Right. Um, in the back... During <laughs> this, terrible structure. <laughs> during, this moment, during this moment that Darth Vader and Luke are having, you hear blaster rifles going off in the background... The only other people that are on that ship are stormtroopers. Yeah. So you have to think, what are they shooting at? And so I saw a TikTok that said that laid this whole proposition out and basically pitched the idea that the blaster rifles going off in the background are stormtroopers literally murdering each other to try to get to escape pods. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like That's in the good. it's yeah. so like if you think about it in the background, you have this sweet moment, but literally in the background of that, it's like stormtroopers that are literally trampling and shooting each other. To get to escape pods and escape pods. Likely pod. missing each other. Yes. Yeah. Likely, That's yeah. Why so many shots. That's the thing is they're <laughs> shooting it. That's why there's so many shots. Um, but I saw that and it just like blew my mind the other day on TikTok. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He was the only person that was on there that would even be worth shooting at. Yeah. From a stormtrooper point of view. Here, here is, I was just thinking about this. Here is the one downside to Return of the Jedi that I will say. Ewoks. Probably, well, it's bigger than that. Yes. Return of the Jedi was the first one that started doing fan service. Sure. It made the Ewoks. It threw in all this little stuff that, like, didn't further the plot, didn't have anything to do with moving things forward. It just was fan service. And it set a bad precedent that got picked up later. I will say that that is one bad thing about it. Because if Disney loves anything... Disney had nothing to do with Return of the Jedi. It's fan service. No, they didn't have anything to do with it, but since that precedent was set... They might as well have. (laughs) (laughs) They probably did, honestly. Disney had their hands in everything in the game. Yeah. Yeah, Disney's had a producer on something since, like, Casablanca, so... So, okay, wait. You said originally C-tier, now you're up to B-tier. You said B-tier, Evan. But now you're saying, you know, maybe it's not that great. I, I think... I'll I think it's on a C tier just so we can spread movies out. For see, me. there's movies that I think should be in C tier, and I think that Return of the Jedi is better than them. Is better than them. I don't. Sure. Um, <laughs> I I'm willing to concede C tier because I said C tier at first. I'm so I think we'll put Return of the Jedi in C tier. It didn't live up to expectations. It's a little fan servicey. Uh, it's a little bit of a retread with the the whole the bad guy's still in up in the sky and he's got a big thing that could blow things up. Oh no, we have to discuss. Yeah, we just completely oh, ran yeah. ran back that plot point. Yeah, um, but it's still good. But it just didn't live up to expectations. Um, but we get more Boba Fett, which is dope, I guess. We get more Jabba the Hutt, which is always fun. Uh, so C tier. So at the end of the original trilogy, we have A tier right now is New Hope episode four, Empire Strikes Back episode five, and Disney Plus is The Mandalorian. B tier, we have Rogue One. C tier, we have Return of the Jedi. D tier, we have Solo, A Star Wars Story. Capiche? That sounds right. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll do the prequels. 
Be right back. All right, it's time for Discord in 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 the uh, amongst the ranks. So we're gonna move on to the prequels. Okay, I think it's it's fair to say that the prequels have been. I don't much even maligned. Much maligned. I was gonna use the word div- divisive or divisive. Mm. However, I think people have been pretty unified for a long time about not thinking they were that great. I agree. <laughs> yeah, they've um, not been divisive at all. <laughs> um, I think the divisiveness has come in now to the sequel trilogy. Mm. The um, prequels are now hipster. They've the reached that. Are, it's like threshold. I actually liked them back in two thousand four. <laughs> Um, it's like the thing to say, it's like, I went to Phantom Menace three times because I liked it that much. Um, so they've been much maligned, uh, sometimes for good reasons, a lot of times for reasons that, um, I think are unfair. For example, good reason. I hate sand. It's rough. It's coarse. Coarse, It's everywhere. It's not at all like you. Yeah. Good reason. The writing, (laughs) the writing in a lot of the prequels is very bad. A lot of the CGI in the prequels is very bad. Mm. A lot Hayden of this, Christensen. A lot Hayden mm. Christensen at a lot of points is very bad. Um Even Natalie Portman. Yeah, well not her best. She, she was really very young. Is not good. She was very young. Okay. <laughs> so was Hayden Christensen. Right, but Hayden Christensen <laughs> it, went on at least nothing. That's so what I'm saying. saying. I, was, I was like they took they 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 took those performances and went different directions with them. I'm I'm really excited for Hayden Christensen to come I back in Kenobi. I I cannot wait to see Hayden Christensen as like Darth Vader. I hope they I hope he takes his mask off and the back to tank. I hope we get to see Hayden Christensen like now that he's older and is ostensibly probably a better actor um, to give the performance that the second half of Revenge of the Sith is. Because he's good. He's very good as Darth mm-hmm. Vader, I think. Um, uh, not as divisive of the fact that everybody hates Jar Jar Binks. It's been, it's been a thing. We don't even really need to talk about it. I don't think there's anybody... The only thing that I've loved about Jar Jar Binks is that there was a Reddit theory going around a few years ago that he was the Lord of the Sith. <laughs> which I thought was incredible. If you have time, go look up. Just Google, uh, Google Jar Jar Binks Sith Lord. You will find a series of Reddit articles that you need to read, okay? Um, with all that being said, we have one person here that's a big fan, a bigger fan of the prequels than the others. Um, it's like, I think I'm kind of squarely in the middle. I, I went back and rewatched all the movies prior to Rise of Skywalker and find my, found myself enjoying the good parts of the prequels more than remembering the, the, the bad parts. Mm. Um, and so that person that loves the prequels is Evan. Evan, your hey. your subjectively favorite movie is still Phantom Menace, correct? Yes, hundred percent. Explain to me what it is about Phantom Menace that makes it your favorite subject. Again, you wouldn't say it's the best Star Wars film. No, but you say subjectively it is your favorite. Yeah, I know it's not the best Star Wars film as a movie. Yeah, um, but and it's definitely my favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, part of it has to be that it came out in 1999, and, and that you were was seven years old. I was seven years old, and I went to see it in theaters. Like, I loved it. It was yeah. not the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters, but it was one of the early ones that I saw. Right, because um, they did re-releases of the original trilogy a lot. They did, and I saw Empire Strikes Back. But this the was the first Star Wars film that was like new. Ours too. It was yeah. yours. Yeah. So I mean, that's definitely part of it. But I think for me. I, I'm the opposite of Mason in the sense that I am a lore guy. I do love the background. I do love seeing how the inner workings of this whole universe work. And 
why is there an empire? Why are people fighting? Who are the Sith? Who are the Jedi? Who are these people? I want to know all those answers. How does... Midichlorians was bad, okay? But how does the Force work? I was going like, to speak about the Midichlorians. All right? There's a reason we just stopped talking about it eventually. Yeah. But, I mean, you get so much of the political setup to understand how do we get to the Emperor eventually down the road. That's what Phantom Menace does. It does all the boring legwork that need you, you need to get there. But at the same time, you get Qui-Gon Jinn. You get Obi-Wan Kenobi. You get Darth Maul. You get pod racing. You get Padme being a boss. Hey, Jar Jar Binks, love the leader of the Gungans. All right, come on. That guy's awesome. He <laughs> I, is awesome. Just, I'm, I'm not, oh, the Gungans. You mean yes. Boss, boss Nass. Yes, Boss Nass. Yes. He's awesome, yeah. okay? I thought you said the leader of the Separatists. I was like, I'm not Buddy Gunner. <laughs> no, I'm not New Gunner. They're bad. But I think you just, you get so much. It's so funny, too, that some of the CGI looks so terrible in Phantom Menace, but Boss Nass looked like it was a movie from 2300. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why Boss Nass looked so good. <laughs> 100%. Also, they did CGI for him, but New Gunray is like a prosthetic mouthpiece. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of mistakes that were made. Yeah. They used, but, they used to go back to our last episode, Mason. They used like leftover prosthetics from like Floop, Floop's Food. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's why I love it. You get the Jedi at toward the end of their power, but at a height of their power as well. Like they were still bosses, and you get a good reason why. So Evan, I I, don't know. I like what you no 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 I <laughs> okay. like I like what you said about how it establishes the Republic and all these different things that lead us as, eventually to the Emperor. It's necessary, but it's just as you said, kind of boring like work at times. And the movie drones, it is very long. We're used to that. A lot of Star Wars movies are long, um, but yeah, I'm with you in that some of the highs are really high. Duel of the Fates is in this movie, which oh, I, I think gosh. is something that... <laughs> I think that's something that carries some weight. And um, frankly, I have it seat here. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, just our friendship rides on this. I agree. So, like, I'm a big lore guy as well. The, the the things that Phantom Menace begins to set up is priceless for the Star Wars universe. It is. Um, I think there's more bad than good in the Phantom Menace as far as just mm. the writing is terrible. Um, as a movie, the CGI is, like, not great. You talk about them having Qui-Gon Jinn and what a great character he is. And they just wasted him before the end of the first one. Um you have guys like Darth Maul again. The one of the greatest, I, I, I could have could have been like Darth Vader level good. Again, cut in half and sat on a shelf until Attack of the Clone Wars until uh, until Clone Wars the animated series season six. Okay, he mm. sat his his torso sat on a shelf for six or seven years. <laughs> um, and that stinks. Um, the midi chlorians thing is stupid. The some of the boring like political stuff is like super annoying. Like, um, I don't. To be honest, like I don't care about Queen Amidala and like Padme's a great character, but like the whole her whole business is a senator from Naboo and um, like just the political stuff is like it's important and it's 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 needed to show that the Republic needed to be toppled at least according to to you know Palpatine. Do you know his first name is Siv, by the way? No. That's is that what? Shiv. Excuse me, Shiv Palpatine. There you go. Um, what was the name of the girl? Is it 
Siv in succession? Shiv. Shiv. Yeah. Uh, two shivs. Shiv There's a reason. Too. So there you go. Um, I, I think Phantom Menace overall is, is a D-tier movie. Wow. But I'm... D-tier movie? Yeah. Ooh. But... That hurts a little bit. Listen, Sounds. I'm willing to concede... What, what tier do you have it at? You don't want to know. He has an A tier. Do you have an A tier? 100%. And you have a C tier. Yeah. Because it's tough because the the gap is very wide between A and C. It's C. I can agree objectively it's a C tier movie. I will, yeah. I'll go go from D to C. It hurts me that Rogue One is a B tier movie according to our list. It probably hurts you that Phantom Menace is C tier. Can I end? I want to say something before you end. Okay. I think it's... I want to make sure that Evan hears me. I'm going to look deeply into his eyes. Wow, there's really something is. there's something that can't be replaced about like mm. it being your first f- foray. 100%. What is, what is the word I keep using? You keep saying forte. forte but I, was, I had it right that time. trying to say foray. foray. In the other podcast Evan and I do, I was trying to <laughs> talk about Harry Potter's first foray into the wizarding world, and I kept saying forte on an episode. <laughs> we didn't know whether to correct um, him on air or not. I had, I had watched the highlight of Matt Forte, uh, the bear, from the bear. Um, but there's something there's something to be said about like a movie that's your first foray into a universe or a fictional world. Like, just like we talk about with our other podcast, yeah. Slow Club Radio, wherever fine podcasts are found. Um, that, like, Sorcerer's Stone is objectively one of the worst books and movies, I think. Low, sure. low tier. Sure. Yeah. But, like, it's some of my... F- I watch it every Christmas time because it yeah. just is... It, it's great. It's warm. Um, it's nostalgic. That's very good. Yeah. Um, it's warm. And so, like, there's something to be said about, while I might think it's an objectively bad film, I will never argue with somebody that is subjectively their favorite because they have, like, good memories around it. 100%. Never, I'll never argue with somebody about that. And also, I believe some of the sweetness around Anakin's roots mm. makes his betrayal and eventual rise as Darth Vader what it is. And so I, I think that's the strongest part of Phantom yeah. Menace. Also, what's the what's his slave owner? Guado. Guado. Yeah. Watto. Watto's Grotto. Yeah. You yeah. combine Watto hey, and Grotto. Yeah. Annie. So C tier. C tier. Okay. Attack of the Clones. This is easy for me. Same. Go ahead. D tier. D tier. Uh I think it's I think it's a C tier movie. Um, and the reason is, <laughs> Evan, I, talk, I, I wish I had saved the text because when I went back and watched all of them before yeah, Rise of Skywalker, we talked, we talked about it for a little while. Yep. I'll concede it's D tier. Fine. Um, Attack of the Clones is actually the first Star Wars film I saw in theaters. Oh, wow. Um, cause I didn't see Phantom Menace until, till later. Um, cause my parents weren't like big movie people and definitely not like big Star Wars people. Yeah. Um, so the first movie I saw, I drug my mother to take me to see Attack of the Clones and so I was jumped right in the middle, no idea what's going on, and I was like, "This is dumb." And then I remember Revenge of the Sith came out. The way you feel about Phantom Menace is kind of the way I feel about Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Um, because Revenge of the Sith is like the first movie, the Star Wars film that I went to that I knew what was going on. Um, so Attack of the Clones, I think, is is bad, but there's something about to me like the the scope of Attack of the Clones, the thing that it tries to do toward the end. Um, with the big the clone troopers um, and the bi- there's 
we've never had anything else like the big clone trooper fights at the end, um, just on that scale in the Star Wars universe. Like, while we had like the Empire versus the Rebels thing, like on Hoth too, like they only had like twenty extras on each side that you saw. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like in this, you see thousands of clones and thousands of droids and Jedi and Jedi on. and yeah. like it. There's just something that's. And then, like, the scene in, oh, uh, I think it's... Kamina. There's that, but the scene where Django dies, like, wh- whatever plan... Mm-hmm. Gen- uh, Geonosis. Genos- Geonosis. Um, like, there's the lightsaber duel between Count Dooku, Obi, Annie, and then eventually Yoda. So, you get Yoda's first lightsaber duel, which is, like, it's, like, a very shocking, like, oh, my God, what just happened moment. Um... You, yeah. Count Dooku gets established as a very formidable force, but also like just to see the scale at to which this conflict has become a thing, I think is is underappreciated. Um, but the majority of the movie is very boring. Um, you don't really have a bad guy to look at. You just have like General Grievous, but then like you know too, like he's not the main bad guy. Um, so it doesn't like it's it. The second movie is kind of leaves where the Phantom Menace was about like Jedi versus Sith, and you have De- Dooku who's just like is a Sith Lord, but he's like not the main focus. It's mostly Grievous versus the Jedi. Um, so I'm I'm willing to give D tier. I'm willing to concede that, but I think it's better than Solo. I think it's I also prefer it for personal reasons over Phantom Menace. Hmm. But like I'm willing to concede that it's. But like I when I rewatched it in 2019 before uh, Rise of Skywalker, I left that movie being like, you know what, that movie's not half bad. I think there are really fun parts of it. Yeah, just I struggle with it. I think a lot. Sure. Of, I think a lot of the bad dialogue and stuff is really yeah. That's up. the worst Anakin dialogue is into. It's the worst of it is horrible. It is. I. It is. It kind of like you said, Phantom Menace. Like the bad outweighs the good in that one. The fact that they made Ewan McGregor seem like not that good of an actor in Attack of the Clones is unforgivable to me. Because he's a good actor. Oh, yeah. And I love he that. struggled in that yeah. movie. Yeah. So, like, that, that's... It's a testament to yeah. how bad the writing was yeah. in that Which movie. Which does give me hope for Hayden Christensen. <laughs> like, maybe he's really not... I've bad. seen him in other movies and he was good. Uh, Jumper? Jumper. Uh, not Jumper. <laughs> Jumper wasn't... Jumper wasn't... I never saw that. Somebody Broken Glass or something like that? Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Glass? Not glass. Unbreakable? I want to say it was like broken glass. I don't... I'll get back to you on that. So D tier. Yeah, I would definitely put it. There's some really, really fun stuff in it. And yeah. some important stuff, but definitely D tier. So, so far, just to recap before we finish with the, the, the prequel trilogy. I keep wanting to say sequel <laughs> because they are sequels, technically. Uh, a tier so far, we have New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Mandalorian. Correct? B tier, we just have Rogue One. Mm-hmm. C tier, we have Phantom Menace... Turn of the Jedi. Turn of the Jedi. And then D tier, we have Solo and Attack of the Clones. Correct? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Revenge of the Sith. Who wants to go first? Mm-hmm. I, I'll just say, I just mentioned Revenge of the Sith. I remember I went to the Franklin Movie Theater in Franklin, Tennessee, which is... That's where I saw Attack of the Clones. Okay. So, I saw Attack of the Clones over in Cool Springs, but there's this old theater. You know, I don't know when it was built, but I'm imagining it was like the 50s or 60s. Yeah. Just, you know, you think about an old, like, middle America theater. Like, that's what it was. It's in the middle of this little quaint downtown area. Um, and they had, like, the way they had it set up, it's like you get a table and you can get, like, pizza or wings or something. Cool like, was that? Yeah, but it was all, like, five bucks. Like, yeah. it was really cheap. And so I remember going to see that movie 
at like 8 p.m. on a Friday with my family. Like my entire family went, which was just like unheard of. We just didn't go. We didn't go see movie. We went and saw like Finding Nemo, and we yeah. went and saw like uh, we went and saw movies. I remember seeing Disney movies and things like that, which probably is why I am the way I am. But I remember going to see a Star Wars movie that was like the culmination. That was like an event. Like we went to a movie that was like a it was like a cultural event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the first yeah. times. Um, and I just remember it's kind of nostalgic too. Just that was one of the only movies I ever got to see like with my dad too, like and my brother and my mom, my mom. Because most of the time it was just like during the summer, my mom would take me and my brother to see a Pixar film. Yeah. Right. But we've gone now. It's like it was a Friday night. We went to dinner in downtown Franklin and went to see Revenge of the Sith. And I think Revenge of the Sith is the culmination of all of the good parts of the prequel trilogy that keep it afloat from the much maligned parts. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with you. I saw Revenge of the Sith, and there's a definite. It almost feels like in Harry Potter when we go from mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets to Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, it became like okay, this is a dark, serious thing. There are real consequences to be had, and it's going to get messy. Yeah. Whereas the Attack of the Clones and uh, and Phantom Menace both I feel like kids' movies on some level at times. Um, but, yeah, I thought Revenge of the Sith was awesome. I remember me as, like, a 12-year-old or whenever it came out. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is a real movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember going to see that midnight when it came out with my mom and Drew Turberville. Um, what a crowd. Franklin Theater is awesome, man. It was a packed theater. Yeah. I remember there were kids who went down front and, like, had a lightsaber fight before the movie started. Like, it was a whole thing. Um, I think... Yeah, I'd agree. It combines all the best parts of the other ones. Like, there's some political stuff you need to know, they deal with. You finally get the death of Newt Gunray, which Thank we were waiting for for a long time. <laughs> you see some Jar Jar Binks. See, and Revenge did some really good stuff of fan service without making it... Blatant. Yeah, terrible. Like, here's Jar Jar Binks, he's doing some stuff, he's gone He's now. a senator now, and he's gone. Yeah, like, whatever, he's not bored. Yeah. Um, so you get some really good stuff like that, um... The way that they wrote Anakin's fall is so good. I mean, really you know cool. it's coming. You feel it the whole time, though. Still, like it, it's not yeah, lost you, on every. You, you spend know. every minute of the prequel trilogy knowing that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader because he's called Anakin Skywalker in like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So it's like you know, but but to sit but there, even when it happens, you're like, oh my god, how surprising! Because it's just sit the way there they and watch. And you know why. Like, he wants to say Padme. Like, you just, you feel for him. The way that they made you actually feel for Darth Vader is one of the best things Star Wars ever did. The final scene with the... Oh. I hate you! On Mustafar. Oh yeah. my you were supposed gosh. To be my, or you were my brother, Anakin. You were the chosen one. I mean, those are tears You were supposed to bring balance to the Force, not leave oh. it in darkness. And Anakin's just screaming, yeah. like burning on fire. That like, is... Oh. But, like... Just that sequence is one of the more powerful things in Star Wars. It's it's uh Sith is a is an objectively great movie. Um you get Obi Wan versus General Grievous, also is just tossed in there for free. Yeah. It goes <laughs> just to extra credit. Yeah, he's on Trandosha just for free. You, you get, get it twice. Yeah. Once on a ship yeah. and then on the planet. Like, At the beginning of the movie. It's so good. You get their little their little um they're called um, those droids. Jedi? No, they're planes. The Jedi. Oh. Crap! I can't remember the name of the actual craft. Is what it's called. Um, it's like a Jedi. Uh, 
I can't remember. I have the Lego version of it. I can't remember what it's called. Um, you get R two D two being a boss. R two D two being great. <laughs> Setting droids on fire. He's like he like pees out the oil and then he sets it on fire. <laughs> yes. R two D two is great. Um, you have, like I said, Grievous has spent this entire time being well, entire time like Attack of the Clones, the entire Attack of the Clones movie. Um, He's not even in the movie for Attack yeah. of the Clones. Yeah, and then you know you get him in. For the most of the, and you know the whole thing is like when is he going to become Darth Vader? It's like oh by the way, here's Obi Wan going and taking care of General Grievous by himself, and whatever that big bird lizard thing is that I always like was so terrified of, but like was like also too because we talked about the CGI and the prequels being kind of bad at points. Like I feel like at some point they figured it out for that. Bird. It's good. In the they movie. figured it out for that bird lizard. I don't know what it was, but they figured it out. Yeah. Um, Even and then the like sometimes for, for him and Boss Nat for Boss Nat, they got two things right. The bird, the bird lizard, the bird zard, and the they got the bird zard and Boss Nat right. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, if you're gonna get two things right, get the bird lizard and Boss Nat correct. That's a great rat name, Boss Nat. Boss Nat. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, oh, what else? I mean, there's just so many things in there that are so good. You get Mace Windu. You have six Mace minutes Windu. into the movie, you have Count Dooku getting his head chopped off. That's when you know, like, ooh. And you have... This is real. Th- yeah. yeah, that's like the ratcheting up that yeah. I was talking about. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Kill, kill him, Anakin. <laughs> um, you have Count Dooku dying literally, like, within the first eight or nine minutes... Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, whoever that what's that big that big guy that owns that diner in, in Coruscant no I'm talking about huh Dex Dex love that guy yeah um, but there's just so ah. many things in this movie but the culmination is Mustafar which is the greatest lightsaber duel that's ever been put on screen so far Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Until we get... Performance of a lifetime. Until we get their rematch in Kenobi. Which, like, the the president of Lucasfilm, her name's Kathleen Kennedy. And she's already said, like... She said up front, like, when they announced Kenobi coming out, they're like, we're going to have part two of Mustafar. Like, they're already going to... They're going to have their rematch which like is such like it seems like to be fan service like it's I'm, my my fan service radar is going off a little bit but like i do not care um, i will cry when i see that scene i, I can't tell you but i can't tell you how many times i've been playing call of duty and i've been on a hill somewhere and i yell at somebody saying i have the high ground Anakin. <laughs> like i can't like there's just so many times that, or just saying you underestimate my power you underestimate my power um <laughs> You know, but too, like, the you, you talk about, you see, Evan, you said earlier, like, the reason Anakin becomes Darth Vader is because he wants to save Padme, right? But then there's the moment, like, so you're like, I can understand that. Right. And if, if that's all Darth Vader was, then it's it's a tragic thing. Then he changes. But then he changes and he starts choking Padme. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, this is an issue. Yeah. Um, and that's when, that's another little wrinkle that they add. It's like... Because if you walk out of there, he's like, he just did it because he wanted to save his girlfriend. Like, you know, whatever. But it's like, no, he's actually evil. Like, he, she didn't agree with him. He's corrupted. Um, mm-hmm. And he's dark. And that sets up everything else that we already knew. Um, do we need to talk about the no? no. A lot of people hated that. But I don't, I don't care. I think a lot of people say it's very goofy and campy. But the re- and I'm sure I'm the only one here... The reason it's a B tier to me is because some of the dialogue stuff is still rough. Really rough in Revenge of the Sith. 
I'm fine with it being a B tier movie. I think it's, I, I, I want to go on record but, saying it's an A tier movie. But if it's got to be a B tier movie, that's fine. I can I can settle. Where do you well? Where do you have it at? I think you have it like a middling A B tier. I really do because there are enough parts that I'm like, that's not great, but enough of it I love. Is it as good as Empire Strikes Back? Here's that's what I was gonna so say. Once, if you compare it to Mandalorian, Empire it, Strikes Back, and it, New Hope, it comes after Attack of the Clones, which goes oh, in its favor. Yeah. Right. So like it was the way the Empire just did an amazing yeah, but, job following a New Hope. Revenge of the Sith sealed off those prequels so good. Yeah, it really so, did. It it righted some of the wrongs. So B tier. Yeah. Okay. I I would say it's right on the precipice of A tier. I, I would I would have an A tier on mine, but for the sake of the podcast and and for harmony, um, we'll say B tier <laughs> for the sake of friendship. <laughs> so we are through uh, the standalone films, the prequels, and the originals. Here's our tier list so far. A tier we have Episode Four: New Hope, Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, and Disney Plus is The Mandalorian. Tier B we have. Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Tier C, we have Episode 1 of Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace, excuse me. Um, and we have Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. D tier, we have Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. That's right, yeah. So that leaves three movies left, which are the most recent. The Disney trilogy, if you will. Yeah, and it's time, I feel... To have my fandom of Disney uh, be publicly ridiculed. So let's do it. Alright, we have three movies left to put on our tier list. Um, they're the most recent, uh, at least as, pa- as far as theatrical releases go. It is the Disney sequel trilogy uh, comprised of episode... Seven, The Force Awakens, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, and Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. So we'll start off with Force Awakens. How do we feel about the Force Awakens? Force Awakens. How long did we go without Star Wars between Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens? Force Awakens came out in twenty fifteen. Uh, about ten years. Yeah, ten years. Nine, ten years. Yeah. yeah. Force Awakens. But I mean, you got to remember before that it was like. I guess it was, well, it was about eh, 15 years between the original trilogy and the prequels, yeah. Mm. So, Is the equivalent of a double in baseball. Maybe even a single. But after the prequels, where things were a little bit turbulent there in terms of quality, it was all over the place, uh, CGI, writing, Force Awakens, we felt like we were in good hands again. We got to see Star Wars with awesome effects. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the effects are so cool. And the cinematography is beautiful in that movie. Not as beautiful as another movie in this, in this Disney trilogy, <laughs> but close. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and so I was refreshed. You mean, mean the, the holiday Lego Star Wars special? <laughs> That's yes. on Disney+. Plus. You should watch it. It's really good. <laughs> it's actually really good. You have to watch that tonight. It's really good. Lightsabers looked amazing. Oh my goodness. In it, these. Like in the dark when they're going through the woods yeah. at the end. Oh my goodness. It it yeah, it looks so cool. You love Adam Driver. You, that, love, you love Kylo Ren. Hey uh You also yeah. love Adam Driver. Yeah, Kylo Ren. Favorite. Okay, let's, let's have the let's have the conversation. The 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 thing that you propose that Evan vehemently disagrees with. 
I don't know what the theme being proposed about is. Adam Driver. So. About Adam Driver. Uh, no, I like Adam Driver. No, 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 no. About him saying Adam Driver is the most talented actor to have appeared in a Star Wars Oh, film. yeah, no, I 100% disagree with that statement. Ewan McGregor. Or, or, uh, who, who was it that played Ben Kenobi? Sir Alan Guinness. Yes. Is, is Adam Driver a knight? No. Objectively, I think he might be the best. Um... Adam Driver's done more in five years than Hugh McGregor oh, has in 15. Gosh. Yeah, uh, but quality over quantity, my friend. Yeah. Hugh McGregor... You train spotting? Hugh McGregor you... has been in one movie in the, past, Moulin Rouge. in the past five years I can think of, and that was Dr. Sleep, and I enjoyed he his was performance also in Dr. Sleep. And Beauty and the Beast. Also Lumiere. Way more than Adam Driver and anything. He was good as Lumiere's French accent's not great. But <laughs> not good. We don't love Hugh McGregor because he's a good Frenchman. Frenchman. <laughs> no. What are your All thoughts, right, Jordan? On Adam, that proposition? Yeah, Adam Driver is amazing. I don't think he's the greatest actor to be in a Star Wars film. Are you going the Sir Alan Guinness route? Well, no. Uh, his name's Alec Guinness. Yeah. So don't if, you said Alan Guinness. You said What'd Sir you say? Alec Guinness. Alec. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wave your hand like he's not a... <laughs> he's, a knight, he's a knight of the, of the Queen's Court. You can't just wave your hand... <laughs> That's Sir Alec Guinness. Um, uh, Sir Alec Guinness has had a more prolific career than Adam Driver. Um, Natalie Portman has had a more prolific career than Adam Driver. Um, but I think objectively she's not as good as that. No, no but, way. Uh, maybe not, but I, I mean, think... And, and, and when we say prolific, but listen, Adam are Driver, about Black listen, Swan? Listen, like, Adam, are we excited Adam about Driver, I'm going to really go ahead and let you know, Adam Driver is going to put out some doo-doo movies, Okay. But right now, like he's he's killing it. But you know, like I've not I've not seen the movie. He didn't do great in. Right, but he's but he's only but he's new on the scene, and like he's that's why it's he's talented. Stuff I'm not talking about portfolio. He's, yeah, yeah, he's Harrison doing, Ford he's very, has very the best good. portfolio of anybody in the Star Wars yeah, movies. Yeah, totally, hands down. Yeah, totally. He's top five, but he's not the best actor. No, he's top. The I, I'm not at, just speak. Listen, Adam Driver <laughs> failed. <laughs> Adam Driver flunked out of Juilliard, all right? I don't want to hear it. Oh, no. Adam Driver flunked out of Juilliard and don't had to go to the Marines, all right? And then he, he was in a tour show. He tore his labrum. He tore his labrum on a mountain biking accident and got honorably discharged. Um, Adam Driver, if you're listening, we love you. Listen to the show. Friend of the show. No, Adam Driver is a great, is an amazing, uh, very, very talented actor. Um, I think... There, it would be a bit nearsighted to say that Adam Driver is the greatest actor to have been in a Star Wars film. Okay. I don't think that that means I dislike Adam. I, I think Kylo Ren is one of the best Star Wars characters. He's my favorite Star Wars character. Um, I definitely wouldn't go that far. Um, but he's, he's great. And he's well written. Um, and he's well very well acted. But to like... Yeah, the whole the proposition being Adam Driver is the best actor to ever be in a Star Wars film is just it's a little much. Um, as far as Force Awakens goes, Daniel Craig played a stormtrooper in the Force Awakens. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Craig's right there. Simon Pegg was in Force Awakens. Yes, he was. He was the big guy with the he was the big <laughs> fat one. Portions. He was <laughs> two portions. <laughs> uh, I I like Force Awakens. Here's how I felt about it. I love. Finn, I love Poe Dameron. I love when I'm getting with Rey. I love the graphics. I love the lightsabers. I was worried about the fact that we have another giant Death Star. 
I liked Kylo Ren when but he stopped the planet. laser bolt. I liked Kylo Ren less when he had a temper tantrum like a top. I player. love that. I love that. So, like, there were plenty of things that I really liked about it. There were a lot of things that I was very nervous about it. And that's how I felt about Force Awakens. It was enjoyable, but whatever came next was going to decide. Well, here's, a fair, here's a fair critique. Do you like A New Hope? I don't love A New Hope. Do, do you like it? It's fine. Then you'll like Force Awakens. Yeah. It's the same movie. Hundred, well, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's the thing. If, if New Hope... This is kind of... It's, it's strange, but like... It's, it's probably taking too simplistic of you to put it this way. But if New Hope is a good movie... Then Force Awakens is also at least a good movie. Um, it's the same story. Um, I think it it looks great, but like um, Finn is a little annoying to me. Uh, the way he's written, I think this is his best movie. Like him as a character is yeah. his best in this movie. Well, he's not in Rise of Skywalker like hardly at all. No, no. he's largely written out of it. Um, Sorry, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> well, I mean, he did that on purpose. He know what he did. Um, <laughs> Force Awakens is a B tier movie. Yeah, yeah, that's where I got it. Oh, we're all in agreement. Yeah. Is that the first time, other than like Empire Strikes Back? Okay, that's where I was. So having. okay, and Solo. I think we all had D. I said C tier. Oh, okay, okay. Just because I think it's better than a couple of the prequel movies, but like I'm willing to concede. So Force Awakens is a B tier movie. Yeah. It's a really good movie. I find myself rewatching that a lot. Um, just because it does, as Mason said, it looks so good. Yeah. Um, and it is fun. I'm almost sad to say, I think the worst part of Force Awakens, this hurts me to say this inside, Donald Gleeson, not good in the Ooh, sequel movies. Rough. And I love Donald Gleeson. He's good in, uh, he's good in Rise of Skywalker. He is the <laughs> like, campy, kitschy cog in the machine yeah. <laughs> in those movies. Yeah. Continue. Um, sorry. Force Awakens, B tier. Yeah. Yep. The point of contention. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Um, do you just want me to assign it a tier and we can move on, or do we, do we need to have the discussion? In one uh, minute or less, share your views. Can I just... I need to say this before we say anything else. I'm glad that this was brought up an hour and a half into us talking, because I hardly have the energy right now to go to bed oh, for my favorite Star oh, Wars I have the energy. <laughs> I have the time. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite parts of Last Jedi are as follows. The whole thing. The prettiest shots in any Star Wars movie because it's in the hand of an actual director, Ryan Johnson. That's disrespectful to George Lucas. Continue. Secondly... George Lucas is an American treasure and a great director. Anyway. <laughs> He's an American treasure, but he also directed the prequels, which are bad. Um, he also directed the originals, which are actual American history, and he also directed Indiana Jones. But anyway, that's what's good. He, he didn't direct all of the originals, but it's in anyways. Um, okay. Anyway, Indiana Jones, American Graffiti. Anyway, anyway. He gave us Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, though, and that was objective. He didn't direct that. Oh, who was it? Spielberg. Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know about it. Continue. Dinkleberg. Dinkleberg! Okay. Um, so... Really pretty shots. I love... I was getting a little tired of some of the Star Wars stuff. Like, it's all about bloodlines. People are all good or they're all bad or this or that. And Last Jedi turns a lot of that on its head. Much to the chagrin of the Reddit nerds that spend all of their time talking buying, about canon. Buying stonks. You bu- just buying said stonks. <laughs> tired 
of the Star Wars stuff, which means you didn't go to watch a Star Wars movie. You didn't want a Star Wars movie. And you liked it because it wasn't a Star Wars Evan, movie. what I wanted was a good movie, and I got one. Oh, my gosh. But you just wrote yourself out of the Star Wars I, fan no, base completely. No, no, no. I, you got to admit, coming off Force Awakens, which we just said was a redo of another movie, and we said earlier about Return of the Jedi, the Force we Awakens. just ran the Death Star back. Like, Force we Awakens is very good. some new stuff. Yeah, but the new stuff it brought is, is um, pretty antithetical of just the story of Star Wars and it's listen if you want to do something new and bold listen Ryan Johnson is first and foremost like a Star Wars fan and he would have said that and he wanted to do something new and different uh, Ryan Johnson ruined Luke Skywalker and point point blank period for the most part I, I really like The Last Jedi but as far as like Luke Skywalker's place um, was uh, his just the way that Luke Skywalker ends is just like not, not fair to to Mark Hamill, to to Luke Skywalker in general. Um, it's a it's a beautiful movie. Um, I can't stand watching, but the problem is I can't stand watching Laura Dern do anything for any extended period of time. She's a good actress. To see Laura Dern with purple hair also is like really annoying. Um, the shot though, where she goes light speed through a destroyer, is pretty dope. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. It's great. Uh, the la- like we said this before recording. I said this. I'm not. I don't want to speak for the other two. I think the Last Jedi is objectively a good movie. If the Last Jedi was a standalone movie like Rogue One or, or Solo, it is a B tier movie. But the fact that it comes as the hinge pin. Uh, of of a trilogy, um, it has to it has to hold the story together, and the story being told in the Last Jedi is simply just not the same story being told in the Force Awakens or Rise of Scott. It's just not the same. It's not the same story. It's just that doesn't mean that the Last Jedi is a bad story or a bad movie in and of itself. But if you want me to believe that the Last Jedi is a good Star Wars film. And you're going to smack it in between two other films that are supposed to be a trilogy effort. Um, the Last Jedi just doesn't do what it needs to do to be part of a trilogy. It just it just doesn't. Um, because whatever happens in Rise of Skywalker is predicated upon Last Jedi, and the Last Jedi needs to be predicated upon what's in Force Awakens. And the Last Jedi just said, just gave the middle finger to both. Um, and. It's artsy and it's beautiful and it's well directed. It's the lot. The dialogue is great. Awesome. It's awesome. The choices the characters make are are good. But again, I, I'm so torn because I feel like I run smack dab in the middle of of Evan and Mason because I think I agree with Mason that it's a very good, well written, well directed, well filmed movie. But where Evan's at is it just doesn't tie in with the greater Star Wars narrative, and that bugs the ever-living you-know-what out of me. Evan, I want to let you in. Well, I cut you off. Did you have anything else you want to say about it? I don't think... I mean, if I'm responding to what Jordan is saying, I understand. But and, you don't and, care. And, yeah, I don't care because it is it is an awesome movie. And also, I think if we gave Ryan Johnson the third movie on that trilogy, it would be a banger. You're right. It'd be a banger. That Ryan, they've been talking about giving Ryan Johnson a trilogy, and Ryan Johnson deserves to have a trilogy. And it would be 
unbelievable. But the fact that, listen, and I said this again before we recorded, the fault with The Last Jedi falls squarely upon Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, for giving the the linchpin of a trilogy to a guy that she knew was going to take it a different route and was going to only be there for one movie. Kathleen Kennedy's a genius if she gives J.J. Abrams his own trilogy and then Ryan Johnson a separate trilogy to do on his own. She's a genius, but the fact that she wanted Ryan Johnson in the middle, that's her fault. The only thing, that whole, that doesn't, that's why I'm saying like, I, like, I agree with Mason about the, the quality of the movie, but its place in the tier list is almost... I need to put Kathleen Kennedy on the tier list as opposed <laughs> to The Last Jedi. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. So when I'm placing The Last Jedi, I'm placing Kathleen Kennedy. Sure. Um, it's, it's not even about Ryan Johnson. The movie's objectively very good. And I think everyone would even say that, even though it's not subjectively your favorite. It's objectively very good. But if you want me to believe that it's in a universe... Uh, that you've created that has rules and place and importance and purpose it needs to it needs to exist in that universe it needs to kind of follow the general story and it just it doesn't at, at, the, at the points that like matter like like it made like it made me like not give a crap about Ray like and who her parents were don't, like don't care I don't care anymore like cause it's just not important it's mm-hmm. it just moved past like it it soiled Ray for me because like Ray is so cool and so awesome. Finn, the first time we see a stormtrooper's face, and uh, all the things that you could do with Finn, um, and because like I think a lot of time you spend believing that stormtroopers are just like leftover Jango Fett DNA, but like Finn is a black man. We assume that until so you assume saw. that they're all just clone troopers in different uniforms. Yeah, but Finn is very obviously a black young male, which is. Mm-hmm very much not Django Fett um, so there's a lot of things that are great that I just think the last Jedi Ryan Johnson wanted to make his artistic well directed well written film which he did but the fact that it came in between two J.J. Abrams films that were trying to tell a very specific story yeah then uh, sunk the last movie because J.J. Abrams was like well forget what that middle movie said I'm just going to tell my, I'm going to continue to tell the story from two movies ago the, it Basically, this is how it works in my mind. We are at a coffee shop, okay? When you go to a coffee shop and you go through the line, everybody in that coffee shop expects when they order a coffee, they're going to get a coffee, a normal coffee. The same coffee that they got yesterday, same coffee they're going to get tomorrow. They may put a different spice in it. They may add some cream one day, but they're getting a coffee. Ryan Johnson was in a like a assembly line of the coffee and was like, Hey, but what if we put herbs and leaves and tea in here and then kept moving it? And somebody had to be like, that's not coffee, that's tea. That's, and he'd be like, yeah, exactly. You want tea, though. That is what happened. Where we had an assembly line of what these movies were. And a good tea, a good tea is perfectly great. It's great. It's fantastic. But that's not what I came for. I came to get a coffee. And we're making coffee here. If you want to make tea, go make tea somewhere else. That's how I feel about what Ryan Johnson did. And, just, I, and I want to say, too, that like that doesn't mean that Star Wars is not a place for good, artistically well-directed, well-directed no, well-written John films. John Favreau has proved that. Yeah, John Favreau's done that. But, like, and uh, Taika Waititi is a better director than Ryan Johnson. Just That's objectively. not true. <laughs> it is. Not true. Uh, so, no, don't open that can. So, <laughs> I, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm going there. Um, but he's wanting to be – but you've got directors like Favreau, like Taika, like uh, Robert Rodriguez, like uh, Rick Fomey, that were wanting to be – like places to tell their own story. So 
saying the last Jedi is a bad movie and the whole point about the the whole metaphor about the coffee shop doesn't mean that like Star Wars fans are like just tell the Star Wars stories and leave um, but like just if you set up like Force Awakens could have gone a million different directions but once you get Force Awakens it's going a certain direction and to completely come out of left field is just very jarring um, like again if Ryan Johnson gets his own trilogy like awesome can't wait agree can't wait I, I want to go on record I love Ryan Johnson's movies. I do too literally do not have a movie of his that I don't like and Last Jedi is objectively a good movie I enjoyed it the performances are great he gets a lot out of the actors even the story would be fine by itself but even you guys mentioned Laura Dern's character they introduce a character who has never been in any of the movies before we get Poe Dameron being like, oh, she's the one who did that awesome thing that I've been hearing about all these years, so I should definitely care about her, right? And then I'm supposed to care when she dies in the end. And it's like, you had a handful of characters to work with, and you could have developed them, but instead you want to go a different route, you brought in Laura Dern, made up this character, gave us five seconds of dialogue drop, exposition drop, and then I'm supposed to care when she dies in the end. Honestly, I didn't give a crap. <laughs> I was like, who's Laura Dern? I don't... She's just the lady from Jurassic Park. That's all I feel about this right now. So I don't know. There was just so much of that that I was like, I don't understand why you decided to come in and like give us Rose, who is fine, whatever. But like that became a cog. The casino scene. It became a tool to talk about like this whole uh, who's good, who's evil. What's it supposed to be like? Which again, we get with Bill Burr later in The Mandalorian and they handle it really well. We got in Rogue One. It was handled really well. Uh, well, it was a relative term. It was handled in the way that Star Wars handles those things. And that's what I didn't like about Last Jedi. It just didn't... Ryan came in, and rather than continue the story and be a team player and be like, I'm going to set aside some of my artistic preferences and what I think the story should be, and I'm going to make what fits the story that we have. He made his own thing, and it's admirable, and he made a great movie. But it's not a great Star Wars movie. Listeners, you can decide for yourselves where <laughs> you lie on this. Twitter. <laughs> do you like when artists give you what the people want? Or do you like when artists give you what you don't know yet what you need? Um, and Last Jedi is divisive. Neither of those things. Quality. It's a great movie. But at what cost? And the cost seems steep for you too. Where do you have it in terms of tears? Uh, C tier, I'm willing to allow it to be B tier. A I mean, tier. What would you say? A tier. Oh my gosh. The highest I'll go is B. Then I'm going to say C tier so that we can level out at B. I'm happy with B. I'm okay. shocked it got B. I, like I said, you know, it, it seems so gross and stingy to be like, just make a Star Wars, just dance, monkey, dance. Like, that's not what... Shut up and dribble. Yeah. That's what they told Ryan yeah. Johnson. That's, and that's, that's, not, that's not it. Like, I'm, like, as a true Star Wars fan that's into the lore and all that kind of stuff, my disliking of Last Jedi is squarely upon Kathleen Kennedy's show. Like, that's, that's what that is. Yeah, that was her choice. That was her choice. Um, I don't... And, Mason, and it's not even like it's a bad choice because it's Ryan Johnson, because obviously Ryan Johnson is great. But, like, also... Read the room, Kathleen Kennedy. You gotta know Ryan Johnson's gonna come out there wanting to build off a looper and knives out, all right? Like he's coming out guns a blazing, all right? Yeah. So you have to you have to know that. And Mason was telling me before, we, <laughs> we were talking about this on the drive over here and having our argument before we got here. Uh, but he was saying, like, Ryan Johnson has said many times, like, I had fun. I don't regret anything. It was 
It was fun to make a Star Wars movie. I always wanted to do it. Ryan Johnson is a Star Wars fan. He liked what he made. He has a heart for it. I'm all about it. I agree with you, Jordan. It, it falls on Kathleen Kennedy, who should have known this is the setup I need to have is the way we need to do it, because this did not work. God, if only they would just give Kathleen Kennedy's job to... Um... Who the the executive Marvel? Yes, Kevin Feige. God, yeah. if only they would just give Kevin Feige that job, everything would be so much better. Because you know who Kevin Feige's best friend is? John Favreau. And then they could just do both together. Maybe that's what we're moving toward. Well, you know, they've given Kevin just they've they've given Kevin Feige a, a Star Wars movie. Really? He's going to be doing his own Star Wars movie. I'm about it. To executive produce, because Kevin Feige is executive produced The Mandalorian. Anything Kevin Feige touches turns to gold. Uh, so just Kathleen Kennedy stepped on already. They've got Kev- Kevin Feige's right there. He's waiting in the wings. He's right there, ladies and gentlemen. He's literally down the hallway, probably. Um, so we get to the last movie, Rise of Scott. Where let me let me re let me see if I remember where all of our movies are at. We have A tier is New Ho- Episode Four, New Hope. Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back, and Disney Plus is The Mandalorian. Tier B is where it gets money for me. I think it's uh, Return of the Jedi, Episode Six, right? No, that's C. See, that's C. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens, Episode Seven, and Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Tier C is episode and Last Jedi. Did you say and that? the Last Jedi? Yeah. Episode Eight. Something forget. Uh, yeah, he's like, hey, what was <laughs> um, C tier is Episode One, Phantom Menace. Um, episode Six, Return of the Jedi, and so. Uh, that's D. Is that it in C tier? Yeah, the two? That, I think that's it. So far we have seven, nine. And then D tier is Attack of the Clones and Solo, a Star Wars story. So from the top, Episode 4, A New Hope. Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. The Mandalorian. B is The Last Jedi, Force Awakens, um, Rogue One, and Revenge of the Sith. C is Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace. D is Solo, Attack of the Clones. Boom. We have one more to talk about. It should be pretty easy. should be very easy. And I'm just going to make it simpler on us. I'm going to add a fifth tier. Okay. And it's tier F. And that's where Rides of Skywalker is going. That's for fun? If it's for friends who do stuff together. My favorite part about Rise of Skywalker is how... The credits look so great. I was told for a, for a year... I was sold a bill of goods. <laughs> for a calendar year, I was told that Last Jedi broke some rules. And that's why it was a terrible movie. And then I saw this movie, which has no rules. And also just doesn't make sense yeah, most of the time. That's the problem is that it's not, it's not The Last Jedi's fault. But J.J. Abrams had the task of finishing what he was starting in Force Awakens, but having to do it with Ryan Johnson's middle. Um, and there's... And that's not Ryan again. Kathleen with Kennedy's fault. People beating <laughs> on the door. Yes. It. Yeah. Um, and J.J. Abrams, to be honest, was a little vindictive and tried to use the Rise of Skywalker to give Ryan Johnson the middle finger. Like he like said explicitly. Explicitly. There are lines like characters say things like that was weird. Like why did we do yeah. that type yes. stuff like throughout how the movie? Rose, who's an important character in Last Jedi, she's like, oh, I I can't go on the missions anymore. Got to stay. Bye. Yeah. And then we never see her again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, Finn, wasted. Yeah. Um, 
Han Solo comes back for some reason. Uh, they used like B and C roll from Carrie Fisher two two years pre mortem, for some reason. Uh, Ray uh, kisses Kylo Ren, excuse me, Ben Solo, for some reason. Some reason. Emperor Palpatine's behind it all, for some reason. She's Palpatine's granddaughter, like, for some reason. But then she's a Skywalker at the end. Somehow, like... Yeah, Shiv, uh, Emperor Palpatine has kids despite the fact that he's been a Sith Lord his whole life and they're not supposed to have sex. For some reason. Um, Chewie gets blown up in a spaceship but is somehow inexplicably alive. Yeah. Because they did a little... The Knights of rate. the Knights of Rennerback, guess what they do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Why is Kylo Ren not in Kylo Ren? Don't know. We don't know. The Sith trackers were a thing that came up in this movie. Yeah. The proportions of Kylo Ren's torso from The Last Jedi when he's got that big cummerbund on. We never see the reason for that either. How um, many bench presses did Adam Driver do prior to that movie? An, an insane Be- amount. Before every scene where he was shirtless. The Rise of Skywalker is without a doubt the worst Star Wars anything that has ever been made. And they made a Christmas special in the 80s with the Ewoks. Okay, It's worse than that. The only redeeming quality about that movie is that we get to hear Ewan McGregor, McGregor, Ewan McGregor, <laughs> Ewan McGregor, Samuel Jackson, Yoda, Alec uh, Guinness, Qui Gon Jinn, and all the other Jedi's we love talk. That's the only redeeming. For a split part. second, you know who else is yeah. in there? You know who else's voice is in there? Anakin. Ahsoka's. <gasps> Ahsoka. For like a split second. Man. See, that is the only redeeming quality of that movie. Um, she's like, I'm all the Jedi. It's like, no, you're not. You're not. Luke Skywalker comes back and finally lifts his X-Wing from the lake, which he wasn't able to do on Dagobah, so that's like a call. It's just, it's very fan service It It's so fan service It was more campy. Like, that line is not a Star Wars line. You know, like, at the end of a musical where all the actors come out and, like, they wave and then they do yes. a bow and then they get roses tossed at them? It was like that for two hours and 42 minutes. That's what the Rise of Skywalker is. Yeah. And all of a sudden, at the end, she's like, my name's Ray." And she's like, what's your last name? Because, of course, you have to do that. She's like, Skywalker. It's like, actually, no. You're not. No, heifer, you're not a Skywalker. <laughs> like, objectively, you are not. Yeah. Also, we have, like, a, we have, a, we have footage of, like, Luke training Leia in the forest. And yeah. somehow the CGI regressed from Rogue One to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it looked worse. <laughs> I don't know. Like, hey, that's enough. We're trying to, we're trying to. Throw shade on Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, so, hey, be quiet. Also, did you guys notice Palpatine's like, it's not quite an ascot, but he had like a scarf on. Yes. That was. It's just, like red. It was red. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, was I played like it was fancy like, Palpatine. It was like Daphne. Yes. yes. That's it exactly. was like it was like what Squilliam fancy says. Oh is to my Squilliam. gosh. <laughs> yes, it is. Um. Isn't this if so? There's like Squidward's like Shiv Palpatine, and then this Palpatine is Squilliam Palpatine. <laughs> um, also, I love the commercials, and there were a bunch of action figures of that big, like, slug looking guy that's on the Millennium Falcon at the beginning. I can't remember what his name was, but he was like running the controls. You remember, oh, like, right at the beginning? Yes, his name was like Howard or something stupid yes. like that. Yes, and he was in, he was in there fourth. 
14 seconds. It was 13 seconds yeah. too many. I hate being sold oh. a bill of goods about like a character. I'm like, because I saw it in the, <laughs> the trailer. Were like too. I saw it in the trailer and I was like, I'm gonna love that guy. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a body pillow shaped like that character. <laughs> and then he was in there for seven seconds. I was like, I can't wait to get more of this guy. He just wasn't there. Kind of like Rose. Yeah. And Finn and Yeah, and then we get Lando back and he's gonna they they te- they do like this weird tease in the epilogue where like Lando's gonna go off with the girl female stormtrooper. Oh, maybe his daughter. That maybe his daughter. Feels like, and it's like, are they teasing some spinoff like buddy cop sitcom with old Lando Calrissian and this stormtrooper lady? Like it was disturbing. That part was I couldn't tell. Weird. What was that. Yeah, I got some serious Bill Cosby vibes from that whole situation. Also, we got space horses in this yeah. movie that they can, can ride, ride on Star Destroyers. Yeah. yeah, and the whole like, the whole, like, hey, you know how they've been blowing up places with like balls and planets for years? Now they can do it from their ships. It's <laughs> Which just like, their solution was just make the ships really big. That is the whole method that they have yeah. here. If it gets bigger, less likely. You know to how you destroy. take them down though? A forty-five-year-old <laughs> antenna that's just on the ground. Yeah, this movie was a mess. Horrible. There are fun, like, there are cool scenes, visually cool scenes, like the Kylo Ren Ray fight on, like, the Look, water. Kylo planet. killing the Knights cool. of Ren was pretty dope. That was cool. Yeah, right? The Knights of Ren fight was really cool. Ray healing Kylo. No, 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 no. Based no. on how, it, like, the functionality of it in the universe, I don't like. It was a cool scene, though. No, it's not. I was fine with it. No, it's not. It ruins everything. I, I will die on the hill. The hit, her kissing Kylo Ren makes zero sense. Oh, I was all fine with that. Zero I, sense. I didn't feel any romantic chemistry with them. Zero it's sense. Like they shirtless FaceTime for an entire movie. Not Who sure. among us is not shirt, <laughs> yeah. shirtless FaceTime? Or at least Me. Trent. <laughs> at least Trent uh, is that what I'm doing wrong? Also, we have... Uh, what's her face from the Americans in their Zori Bliss... Who was f- romantic with Poe Dameron for some reason? We have a small capuchin monkey that oh, fixes yeah. C3PO for some reason. Oh, uh, Babu Frick. That was a heartbreaking scene, though, when he says, Taking one last look at all my friends. Yeah, but you know what? But then he comes right back. Yeah, you know what's stupid? I, is I never thought that that was going to last ever. I know. I know. I was like, Oh no, he's going to be out of pocket for the next six scenes. Bummer. I'm sure R2D2 has a backup. Which he did. We also got uh, Dark Ray. Which was with vampire not teeth good yet. for some reason. What other Sith has vampire teeth? No, Let me answer the question. Literally none, none of them. The, I don't. I didn't like that lightsaber. The first either. step to join the Sith is not a trip to the dentist for dentures <laughs> that are sharp and pointy. Just files your teeth. Yeah. Down. <laughs> it's like okay, but the prerequisite for being a Sith Lord is that you have to have pointy teeth. Shit, Belting's like, oh, the initiation. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> we shave your teeth. It's the worst. Yeah. It was bad. There's nothing. I tried to. I'm, I'm, I'm running through the fight. scenes in my head. There were some cool fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's because we needed a break from the awful dialogue and writing. Agreed. <clears throat> Agreed. I'm trying to think. Yeah, what what other scenes happened in that movie that were good? Because we get to the desert planet really quick, and then from there we're. The only stuff I liked was Ray and Kylo. Those little creatures on the desert planet that were having like Diwali though, though. The was elephants. Really, they were really cute. Yeah, they were. They were really cute. Yeah, it was just Diwali though. We can. It's agree Diwali, on that, right? Yeah. 
which is like the Hindu festival of color. Like they throw, which is a, yeah, it's like the same a little thing. on the nose that they picked elephants. Yeah, and then they were like, basically. the stormtroopers fly now. <laughs> they fly now. Like God, that movie's horrible. I watched it again recently for some reason. Oh. It's F tier. I'm willing to add another tier. We can do D tier if you want, but I feel so strongly as I'm willing to add another it, tier. It's it, worse it, than the others. It's worse than the others. We need to set apart that it is it is worse than Attack of the Clones and Solo. It just is. It's not. That's not fair to Solo and <laughs> Attack of the Clones, which I never thought I'd say. I will agree with you that I can put it down there. I will say the first time I watched it, we saw it in theaters together. We sure did. Um, it was fun. I was mad. Like, I had fun. It's one of the first times I've ever been to a movie that I care about a lot, and I was mad immediately. That's how I thought about Last Jedi, seeing it in theaters. I, I was, knew I was mad. I was mad it. immediately. We left the movie, and I was like, that was so great. I was like, no, it wasn't, and here's eight reasons why. <laughs> I was mad immediately. Um, it happened ever since. Mason, you also have a lot of uh, despising for it, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. Well, I just had to follow up Last Jedi for you, which is like, it's like, you know, trying uh, to watch Red Dragon after watching Silence of the Lambs. R- yes, exactly like If it. you had to put Silence of the Lambs on our tier list for Star Wars movies, where would it go? A tier. I was thinking of who it would replace. Yeah, yeah. it's A tier. Okay. A tier Star Wars movie. Anything else we want to say specifically about Rise of Skywalker? We'll we'll come we'll do another break and come back and just so. wrap things up. I kind of hate ending on this note, but yeah, it's okay. It's really terrible. We tried to figure it out to set it up away, but like, if you run through it chronologically, then you have to finish with. Uh, you're also finishing with Rise of Skywalker if you just do it like episodically. Yeah, no, yeah. So it's like either way, we're ending talking about how horrible that movie is. So let's take a quick break because we're up against the time limit, and then we'll come back. Be right back. All right, we're here to finish up our Star Wars tier list. I have to hurry because it's past my son's bedtime and my bedtime, to be frank with you. Um, well, yeah, we're getting older. Um, let's run through the tier list real quick again. Tier A, Episode 4, New Hope. Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. Um, Mandalorian, Disney+. Plus. Uh, B tier, Episode 7, Force Awakens. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Episode C is two movies with Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, and Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. D tier is also two movies with Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. And we created a completely different tier for The Rise of Skywalker because it is genuinely that terrible. How do we feel? I feel, I feel like it's not bad. Though. I feel like it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've, we made some concessions each. I think I made a concession on Rogue One. You made a concession, Mason, on The Last Jedi. And Evan made a concession on The Phantom Menace. But you know what? I feel good about it. I feel like it's not bad. I'm just happy. I'm happy the Mandalorian. It makes me feel good that the newest thing that we have, we all pretty much feel like it's either A or B tier. Yeah. Like I've, That makes me feel good about the future mm. uh, as a Star Wars fan. Mm. Um, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, let us know. You can, if you, if you listen to this regularly, probably our friends or our family. Uh, so shoot us a text if you disagree with us. I'm looking at uh, Michael Atkinson. I'm looking at Cayman Sanders. Uh, there's a few people that I have in mind. Just let us know. Let us know what you think. We feel pretty good about our list. Uh, or you can also interact with us on social media at matinee, M-A-T-I-N-E-E underscore pod, P-O-D. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can find us at either of those places. Um, and let us know what you think. Um, 
If you listen to this episode, uh, thank you so much. You probably already know this if you're hearing this episode, but we are on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts. All you have to do is search for Sunday, as in the day of the week, and then matinee, again, M-A-T-I-N-E-E, two separate words, uh, both capitalized. Um, You can find us there. If you are on iTunes or if you have access to Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a review of five stars, it would be much appreciated. You don't have to say anything nice. It's not about our egos. Um, We're beyond help. You can't fix us with words. We say it all the time. Um, as the, de- the day this, this is going to come out, we're recording this on a Saturday. It's going to come out tomorrow. I'm going to release it tomorrow. Okay. It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday, so let's finish with this. Who wins the game tomorrow? The Kansas City Chiefs. Bucks. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I would love to see Tom Brady win another one. But I'm going to, I think the Chiefs win. Andy Reid versus Bruce Arians. Is that what you did? That's, that's just what it boils down to in your head? Yeah. Because Bruce Arians is just like... It's kind of an oaf. Red-faced and liquored up. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Bruce Arians is heavily sauced at most times, I feel like. Bruce Arians is is a B-tier coach. I'd say even C-tier, maybe. Bruce Arians... Andy if... Reid, A-tier. Oh, for sure. A-tier mustache, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Reid's just one of those guys that's like, I would die for Andy Reid. Oh. Just, he just seems like that kind of coach. He looks like the guy from Monsters University. Oh, the orange guy? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, no, are you good. talking about the guy that's in their fraternity with him? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's Uzma like... Uzma Kappa. Uzma Kappa. God, what a great movie that is. One of these days, we're going to tier list the Pixar movies. I would love that. That's an idea. I we want to tier list the Pixar movies. We probably need to break this up into two episodes, but we need to peer, tier list the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jeez. Um, yeah, we're going to do that sometime. Uh, would you be interested in doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe, Evan? Or are you just not... A, you're not as into it as Star Wars, obviously, but... I mean, you guys know how I feel about Captain America, but yeah, I do. Okay, it. can't wait to argue with Evan about <laughs> Captain America. Be on the lookout for our tier list uh, in the future. I do like the tier list thing. Maybe it's that's fun. a yeah, because we we've made kind of like snake drafts a thing on our podcast, which has been fun. Um, so maybe we do that. So again, thank you all for listening to Sunday Matinee. We hope you have a great and wonderful Super Bowl Sunday. And until the next time, uh, don't get fugly. Don't you dare get. Fugly. Don't you dare get fugly. Thanks, guys. Evan, thank you as always for joining us. Thanks, boys. Till next time. Till next time. Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie. Have a great weekend.